Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for this Friday, February 24th reading of the Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. Today we will be reading from the following main articles. Front Range Kids Making a Splash on USA Water Polo Team, Broomfield Events for the Week, and Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants, and hominy is packed with different nutritional benefits. Coffee and Conversation Veterans Administration Updates with Navy Vet Tim Hutchinson. And Carrie Pettis, the book woman, writes about The Bodyguard isn't just another rom-com. And a 26-year-old man arrested in Broomfield shooting death. These and other articles. Front Range Kids are making a splash on USA Water Polo Team. Six area athletes qualified for the national roster. Water polo may not be as popular in Colorado as other sports, but that didn't stop six Front Range athletes from being selected to the national roster for the USA Water Polo Youth National Games. The Olympic Development Program serves as the primary source for kids to join the USA Youth Water Polo Team. The athletes first completed tryouts for the ODP in November. Then 28 are selected for their regional zone. Thousands of kids try out for a chance to represent one of the 13 zones across the country. Athletes from Colorado, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico make up the Mountain Zone. Then, 14 kids from each age and gender division are chosen to compete at the national level. The kids who make the national roster and play club water polo at the Broomfield Community Center best describe water polo as a mix of soccer and basketball in the water, while being expected to tread water the entire time. Boulder's Wesley Schlachter who made it to the national level for the first time in the boys' 16 and under division, said that games are played in teams of seven, including a goalie. Schlachter said he heard that the Mountain Zone athletes are not usually considered the best players, so making it to the national roster is a chance for his team to dispel that rumor. Being able to play at that level and show that we actually are on par with everyone else is pretty cool, he said. Water polo is relatively small in Colorado, but the state is represented in every division for boys and girls this year. I think it's pretty cool that even though it's small, we can still get together and represent Colorado. This according to Aurora's Sarah Warren, a Cherokee Trail High School student who was selected to the girls' 18 and under division. Sarah Warren said that she was a swimmer, but she felt that she had plateaued. She said that swimming is an individual sport, and she was drawn to the team playing and community of water polo. I've never played a sport where I've been so close with the team, like we all hang out all the time and it feels like a family, she said. 
Joshua Warren, also a Cherokee Trail High School student, made the national roster for the boys 18 and under division as a goalie. Schlachter said that Joshua Warren is a good communicator, especially for the defense. The water polo team said that after a while of playing together, they know each other's mannerisms and can, can communicate non-verbally. For more information about the Water Polo Club, you can visit coloradowaterpolo.org. Broomfield events for the week on Tuesday. Geeks who drink trivia night at IHOP IPA. Modeled after pub quizzes in Ireland and the UK, Geeks Who Drink is an authentic homegrown trivia quiz. Teams can be up to six players and winners get bar cash and other prizes depending on the venue. This will be at 7 p.m. Tuesday at IHOP IPA, 12920 Lowell Boulevard, Unit G in Broomfield. And this is free. Guided group healing in the group energy balancing sessions. Participants will receive energy through a guided healing meditation meditation in a group format. Group leaders will guide people through a visualization and bring in a flow of energy to facilitate the intended balancing. This will be at 11 a.m. Tuesday at the Healing Studio, 18 Garden Center in Broomfield. Costs range between $20 and $110. On Thursday, the Broomfield Genealogic Society. This month, learn, discover, and share with the program, I Have a Civil War Ancestor. Now what? This will be presented by Brian Reinhardt on Zoom at 6.30 p.m. on Thursday. For more information, you can go to broomfieldgensoc.org. On Friday, Wild Love Tigress at 100 Nickel. Since 2013, Wild Love Tigress has been working hard to bring 1970s-style funk and soul into the 21st century. An eight-piece band, complete with horns, background singers, and the full spectrum of hairstyles, Wild Love Tigress plays an energetic mix of hard-grooving funk and electric blues rock. Nifty Kick will open the show this will be at 7.30 p.m. on Friday at 100 Nickel, 100 Nickel Street in Broomfield, and the cost is $10. For more information, you can visit bandsintown.com. On Saturday, the Broomfield Symphony Orchestra presents Music of Eastern Europe. Enjoy a culturally enriched evening featuring music of Eastern Europe and Romanian dancers. This will be at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday at the Broomfield Auditorium, 3 Community Park Road in Broomfield. The cost ranges between $7 and $25. For more information, visit broomfieldsymphony.org. Coffee and conversation at the Veterans Memorial Museum this week. Veterans Admin Updates with Navy Vet Tim Hutchinson. The Broomfield Veterans Museum invites the public to join in its Coffee and Conversation event for coffee, donuts, networking, and a presentation from Broomfield Veterans Service Officer Tim Hutchinson, a Navy veteran, and this will be at 10 a.m. on Saturday. 
Hutchinson will provide his quarterly update of changes to the Veterans Administration claims process, the new appeals program, and changes resulting from COVID-19. Additionally, he will discuss the new 2022 PACT, which stands for Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins Act, which is perhaps the largest health care and benefits expansion in VA history. Hutchinson served aboard the aircraft carrier USS Midway, attached to the U.S. 7th Fleet from July of 1984 to April of 1988. The presentation will begin at 10 a.m. Saturday at the Veterans Museum of Broomfield at 12 Garden Center in Broomfield on Midway Boulevard, about a quarter of a mile east of Wadsworth. The museum is open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays and 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturdays. Admission is free, and for more information, you can call the museum at 303 460 Kelly Ralski writes about people and plants, and this week, hominy is packed with different nutritional benefits. When I was a kid, we would occasionally have canned hominy with dinner. I thought it was okay, but I probably would have preferred green beans. Growing up in Oklahoma, we were not so far south that we regularly had grits. If you've ever seen the movie My Cousin Vinny, then you're likely familiar with hominy grits, as well as the appropriate cooking time. I was recently reintroduced to hominy and immediately fell in love with it. I have since been purchasing large organic cans of it. What is hominy exactly? Sweet corn is typically eaten off the cob, canned or frozen. Think summer picnics and 4th of July. Field corn is used to produce livestock feed, as well as some food products like cornmeal and corn chips. Field corn is also made into ethanol and polymers, which are then used to create plastic and fabric. Hominy comes from field corn. This type of corn has taller stalks and larger leaves. It also sometimes called, is called cow corn or flint. It's similar to the type of corn used for making popcorn. According to the Oklahoma State University Extension, most modern maize varieties are hybrids of dent and flint. Dent is another type of corn. Illinois Extension shares that field corn is first dried, then soaked in an alkaline solution in order to soften the tougher outer hull. After soaking, the kernels are washed to remove the hull and the excess solution. This process, called nixtamalization, makes the corn more nutritious and causes the kernels to swell to two or three times their size. The end result is hominy, which is considered to be a whole grain. It's a good source of fiber, calcium, and B vitamins, while low in calories. If you prefer your hominy ground into grits, 
Healthline tells us that hominy grits have some impressive health benefits. They have a variety of antioxidants and are gluten-free. They may have protective effects against degenerative eye disorders and could help combat anemia. Healthline also states that stone ground versions of grits are healthier than the quick, regular, or instant varieties. They also caution us not to load on the milk, butter, cheese, and bacon when enjoying our grits. Carrie Pettis, the bookwoman, this week reviews The Bodyguard. Isn't just another rom-com. The Bodyguard by Catherine Center. Hannah Brooks wrote for a Texas-based security firm. The company provides protection for wealthy or famous public figures. Though Hannah looks like a petite kindergarten teacher, she's very good at this protection service. When she's assigned to guard movie star Jack Stapleton, she is at first reluctant though she has long admired his work and knows his films by heart. He is visiting family in Texas and wants to avoid a fan who is stalking him. She assumes he is a self-centered egotist, but gradually learns that he is really a down-to-earth guy who doesn't take his celebrity status too seriously. In order to keep his family from knowing that he's being guarded, a plan is made to introduce Hannah as Jack's new girlfriend. She has to give up her plain pantsuits and sensible shoes for more flirty attire and take up residence at the family ranch. Humor is what saves this from being just another rom-com. A hard-nosed boss, a crazed fan, a two-timing colleague, all add up to the laugh-out-loud story. If this book hasn't already been optioned for a movie, it should be. In Boulder, the Frasca team rebrands Pizzeria Locale as Alberico, serving revitalized Napoli delicacies and has a stylus vibe. The brand's refresh introduces pesto-based Verde styles to its Napoli pizza. When it opened its doors 12 years ago, the original Pizzeria Locale introduced Boulder to pizza, Napoli style. The city at that time enjoyed a few other wood-fired oven pizza places, most notably Basta, which opened in 2010. But with Pizzeria Locale, Boulderites could savor a culinary experience atmospheric of one that might unfold alongside the Bay of Naples while looking out over the Pearl Street Mall. It wasn't just the thin crust pies cooked in 90 seconds in a wood-fired oven imported from Italy or the spritzes and amaros on the menu that evoked Naples. The urban chic decor also white and black tiled floors, bright lights, immense black and white pizza oven, somehow also suggested Naples, even for those who had never visited the city. At the very least, it presented as Italian exotic and stylish. But earlier this year, the Frasca team closed Pizzeria Locale 
for a thorough refresh and a name change. The old locale is now Alberico, honoring co-owner Bobby Stuckey's father-in-law, Dick Alberico, a front-range sign painter who crafted the awning on Stuckey's first restaurant, Frasca Food and Wine. Dick, said Stuckey, is the reason we moved here 20 years ago. And although the 82-year-old is retired, Stuckey said the ruthless son-in-law in me compelled him to draw Dick out of retirement to paint Alberico in white on the restaurant's pizza oven, which is now a rich blue. The color finds purchased through Alberico, a nod, said Stuckey, to the color for SSC Napoli, the city's soccer team, and to the city's long coastline. The blue touches represent just one locale to Alberico decorative change. The old tile floors now are brown, the color of oak. The gray walls are troweled plaster and earthy. Instead of sticking with Locale's almost blinding brilliance, the Alberico team invested in much softer lighting, inviting diners to luxuriate in such a welcoming environment. With a full booze menu now, Locale didn't serve spirits. The Alberico team redesigned the bar, making it feel more spacious and creating a three-foot-tall screen of Aperol bottles suspended above the seating. As dusk ripens, it glows like a veil of lava. The old locale's design offered the zip and vigor of an enthusiastic 20-something, effervescent, amiable, and sometimes a bit exhausting. With Alberico, we encounter the lovable 20-something after a decade of service and success, broadcasting maturity, sophistication, and confidence. Instead of eyeing the door toward the end of the meal, we consider an amaro and relish the sensation of our blood pressure continuing its pleasing descent. While the pivot from Locale to Alberico marks a stylistic transformation, the restaurant's soul, the food, remains as bewitching and satisfying as ever. The pizza, which is the star, maintained its gleam and shimmer during the switch to Alberico. The margarita pizza, a Naples classic, will always be on the menu, according to Stuckey. The vibrancy of the tomato sauce, the quick cook time of the pizza dough, it's so simple and perfect. White and red style pizzas bisected the locale menu, but Alberico introduces a third category, verde which celebrates pesto sauces. Of the two Verde pizzas, one rests upon a foundation of a pistachio basil pesto, and the other leans into a pesto made from broccolini and anchovies. Alberico also brings cocktails to the party, and the menu features a range of classics like a Negroni, plus bespoke drinks such as the Alberico Dirty Martini, which adds sun-dried tomato brine to vodka. Like Locale, Alberico also explores spritzes. 
When Frasca, which is next door to Alberico, opened 20 years ago, Stuckey said it was nearly impossible to get Aperol and nobody knew what spritzes were. Now, oceans of spritzes wash over American restaurants. Alberico's Alpine Spritz with Braulio, Cardamaro, Lemon and Soda serve as an homage to Boulder's mountain environment. The spritz's ingredients come from Italy's north rather than Campania. Finally, the wine, as Stuckey is an internationally recognized master sommelier. With a particular passion for Italian wines, the Alberica wine menu thrills. Instead of a pageant of Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Merlot, both by the glass and bottle menus feature grapes like Verdicchio, Grillo, Fiano, Angliaco, Sangiovese, and Norello Mascalese. The whites from southern Italy are bright with acidity and not okay, Stuckey said. The reds generally don't use new oak, and so there is a vibrancy to them. If you think about pizza, it really showcases delicate flavors. It's not about a lot of stuff. It's just a few ingredients done well, so they pop. And the wines are perfect complements. Alberico, located at 1730 Pearl Street, is open for lunch through dinner every day with happy hour from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. The Big Sisters say Boulder International Film Festival returns to form at year 19 with the best lineup we've ever had. Post-pandemic festival is fully back on its feet and ready to run. The Boulder International Film Festival, known as BIF, enjoyed a banner year just before the world shut down in 2020. That year, the festival that began in 2002 as the brainchild of sisters and longtime Boulder residents, Kathy and Robin Beek, drew more than 20,000 attendees. People flocked to screenings at the festival's anchor venue, the Boulder Theater, and to film events at other satellite venues around town. What's more, the festival's unique blend of live music, Q&As with industry bigwigs, and other signature events drummed up an unprecedented amount of buy-in in 2020. Then COVID-19 hit and BIF, like arts organizations across the state, the country, and the globe, had to reinvent itself and refine its expectations. Fast forward three years, the Beak Sisters, along with the rest of the crew behind Boulder's internationally renowned Celebration of all facets of film are hoping for a return to that pre-pandemic momentum. The 2023 festival, slated to run from March 2nd through the 5th at sites across downtown Boulder, is set to feature U.S. premieres, culinary events, live music, a dedicated youth film program, a singer-songwriter showcase, and the return of its growing adventure film pavilion that's dedicated to outdoorsy, rugged movie content that feels so apt for Boulder and Colorado. The film lineup will include four feature films from Sundance and 13 films made by Colorado filmmakers. We've got an absolutely fantastic lineup, according to Kathy Beek, And she said, I think it's the best lineup we've ever had. I think it's going to be a good year in terms of attendees. Along with Executive Director Robin Beek, Kathy 
founded the festival 19 years ago after working in Boulder movie theaters as a teenager and touring Aspen, Telluride, and other Colorado film festivals. Some of the highlights. Thursday, March 2nd, will be Cine Chef, a culinary competition between seven awarding, award-winning Colorado chefs. On Friday, March 3rd, opening night, red carpet gala and film. This will be at the Hotel Boulderado. Longmont opening night reception is free with a March 4th film ticket or a Longmont pass. Sunday, March 5th, the closing night, film and the awards ceremony. Thank you for joining us for Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. AINC programming is made possible by the State of Colorado.